In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. everyone welcome to our show again today uh today we have a special guest tony d'onofrio he uh comes to us as ceo of td insights uh really you know we were joking uh right before this podcast has pages and pages of accolades and uh he's he's a top 100 retail influencer board advisor consultant speaker tony tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got started in retail well thank you very much bobby and pleasure to be on this podcast with you so I basically grew up in retail. Uh, I'm originally actually from Italy, as you can tell by my accent, but I worked in a retail store early, uh, actually during college, and I fell in love with it. And then I was hired by NCR to work in technology, and that's how the journey started. So I've split my career between uh, really information technology and security. And then it's evolved now where I spend a lot of time on innovation, where technology is going next. And spending a lot of time with retailers and, and writing and, and influencing where the industry goes next. As you've been working you know, with different retailers, uh, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen in, in customer behavior in the last few years? Well, actually, I'm going to focus a little bit more on COVID-19 because I know this is top of mind of everyone. So I'm going to focus on that. But in the last few years, what I've seen is a digital transformation starting. What I think is happening now, it's accelerating. And really, COVID-19 is uh, is leading to more, for example, uh, services such as buy online, pick up and store. Prior to COVID-19, only 5% of grocery sales were online. 52% of consumers at night tried it with 20% for the first time. And I know it's working because even my 90-year-old father in Italy has actually ordered groceries and had them delivered. So it's cross-generational. It's really changing where retail is going next. Uh, Interesting to that is, if I look at my millennial children, they were already down that path. And again, if you look back at how Walmart came back against Amazon, it was because of those retail services. So I think COVID-19 has accelerated these retail services. That's a good thing. And really, that's a sanctuary retail, and they're doing well. On the opposite side is actually the non-essential retail. And I think it's it's almost a reset for that part of the of the sector. In fact, I would call it almost a, a retail apocalypse. Uh, a retail and clothing uh, accessory dropped 50% in March and then dropped 50% over 2019. Mall tenants are having a tough time collecting rent. In fact, in Hudson Yards in New York, the brand new mall, 75% basically didn't pay their rent in April. So they're having a tough time. And that really points to what's happening to retail between essential and non-essential retail. In non-essential retail right now, are there things that you think uh, those retailers can be doing to supplement or, or or you think they just have to weather the storm and get through this and then we're, we're going to be in a place where they can get back to business? I think non-essential retail, it's all about if you were strong going in, you will survive and you'll come out fine. And strong going in, mean you had a strong brand, you had a loyal following, you had what I call brand ambassadors, 
so passionate consumers about your product. And you had equally brand ambassador in your store associate that loved talking about the product. There was deep engagement. Those will come back. Those, because they had a loyal following, they had strong going in. They will struggle through this period, but they will come out stronger. A lot of those actually have put in place a lot of digital transformation. If you look at Nike, for example, go to New York to the House of Innovation, you see a ton of digital transformation immersion for consumers to engage with the brand. Those retailers will do well going forward. Unfortunately for the U.S., there's a lot of retailers in the middle that really have not, have, didn't have a clear brand, weren't really the price leaders in their sectors. Those are the ones that are going to struggle, and probably a lot of those are not going to make it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, as, as we kind of talk to a lot of businesses and a lot of experts like yourself, one of the areas that comes out is, you know, have you built out your brand? Focus on the brand. Don't focus on price. Focus on building a really differentiation, um, you know, within, you know, the customer base that you're going after and the product offering and all that. So absolutely agree with you there. How temporary do you think these changes are right now uh, in the market? I think for Accenture Retail, they're going to keep going. It's really more uh, for Accenture Retail, it's how do you come out. In fact, the data that I've seen, they're they're growing double digits and they're actually positioned to do well. If you look at Amazon, they're going to announce results tomorrow. The speculation from the analyst is they're going to announce $73 billion up 22%. They're doing about $10,000 a second right now. So Amazon and those types of retailers, and you look at the Kroger's or Walmart's, those retailers will do well. And it's all about, and a lot of those, again, were having a good digital transformation strategy in place. I'll go back to Amazon. They're spending about $15 billion a year on innovation. That's more than a whole bunch of retailers combined. So they'll do well. The non-essential retailers, it's really figuring out what you're going to do with all those goods as you come out of the COVID-19, how you actually going to market those goods. And again, are you digitally prepared and how do you accelerate in a new world that we're headed to, which is more contactless retail for at least for 12 to 18 months? Okay. So you think about 12 to 18 months. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Do you think uh, there's long-term changes that we can expect to see that become kind of a new normal or is this a period and it, and it goes away? I think some of it will stick. So I do think this will accelerate uh, retail services for the essential retail and even for non-essential retail. So in Texas, for example, they're reopening this week, but they're reopening with retail to go, where even department stores basically now for new curbside pickup. And I saw even jewelry stores are going to try it. So I do think services are going to increase in importance. I also do think that stores are not going to go away. Stores are going to become a, remain a critical component but they need to be places, and you write about this, uh, you, you're at the center of it. They need to be places of immersive experiences, places you like to go, places you like to enjoy with the brand. And then you you buy that brand anywhere you're standing going forward because you love that brand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The point that you made, you know, medium-sized businesses, if they haven't built that brand following, you know, they need to start doing that now or else they're going to be in trouble. We also have, you know, a bunch of kind of smaller retailers that have written to us, wanted advice and, and this is where you know your advice can come in handy are there things that they can do right now during the shutdown to be able to start to at least if they have not thought about their brand and the brand following and all that what can they do now to start to prepare so as things open up they're in a good place actually the, there were some uh, one of the key things right now is social media presence this downtime and i'm using it myself i'm trying to figure out during this downtime i'm not going to see retailer a i'm staying very very engaged in the industry B, I'm continuing to build my social media brand. 
And to that, you can build your brand. You can actually expose your brand to those consumers. You can also start giving advanced views in terms of special things you're going to do. You can start a loyalty program if you don't have one. Do things to basically get in front of your customer base, especially if you have a good contact list for that customer base. Do you think, um, you know, as, as you said, you know, digital transformations and like building technology into into what you're doing as a brand is important. I know omnichannel is kind of a, a buzzword, but like are areas that retailers get wrong when it comes to merging that digital and and kind of, uh, you know, offline world into each other? I do think retailers get hung up about online versus offline and uh, and do, do I need to focus on stores? Do I need to focus online? It The world is moving to where it is all has to be harmonized. Across all channels, you need to deliver similar experiences where a consumer knows what to expect from your brand. And retailers that get that, I understand it. So what you see right now, for example, even now, retailers are starting to turn some of their stores into dark stores where they used to be open for consumers. Now they're becoming distribution centers. And ultimately, I think technology was headed down that path anyway. One of the reasons RFID, for example, was growing in the retail and the apparel space is because the apparel and especially department stores wanted to make that inventory available across all channels without an accurate inventory visibility. You really couldn't do that. So I do think across you need to think about across channel, not just a single stores versus online. It's no longer that discussion. It's really harmonized. How do you bring it all together? Yeah, it makes makes total sense. Uh, are there some best practices that you can give retailers and how they can you know implement those you know today if they wanted to? It starts with again creating a, what I call a tribe or a loyal base. So creating a brand for yourself and creating that base, and then exposing it online. And then start investing as much as you can on the, in the digital side, both to connect to consumers and also to basically sell your goods and figure out ways to basically optimize that conversation where it becomes a viral. Social media, what it taught you is that if you can create viral experiences, you are going to grow in terms of perspective and brand leadership. Retail is no different. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was, I was talking to a large luxury brand, uh, retail brand yesterday, what they've done, they're actually, their sales are up during this time, which is surprising. But what they've done is exactly what you said, you know, uh, tapped into making sure they have a strong following, continue to talk to their customers about what's going to happening. And that's been, you know, critical and pivotal in making sure that they keep their sales and also kind of increase during this time frame. So absolutely. Are there areas that you think retailers should avoid? Are there things that they should not do right now? From my perspective is, if you're in trouble as a retailer, you probably need to figure out how you're going to merge or grow into, uh, join another brand. There, there are certain sectors of retail that, one of the challenges that U.S. has, it's overstored. We have about 10x the uh, square footage of, for example, a country like Germany. There is going to be some culling of the base. So if you're one of those struggling brands, how do you evolve your brand and or latch onto another brand in terms of moving your, your business forward. That's one strategy. But right now, it's really staying visible is really the main thing that you need to do, especially during the COVID-19, if you're on a non-essential retail. Essential retail is how do you leverage all that revenue to be even better on the other side? As you've been working with clients and, and consulting over the years, are there is there like a best in-store experience or in-location experience that you've seen? 
You know, one of my favorite, and maybe it's because I'm biased, because I'm Italian, is actually an espresso. And espresso is they have these boutiques, uh, they have their own inside stores, and they also have. But really the experience of you go up, you give me a phone number, and you're immediately known in the database, you're treated different, you're offered an immediate, hey, we got a new coffee, would you like to try it? They're indirectly selling you basically a more expensive kind of coffee. And then the whole experience in terms of how they engage with you, how they keep track of you, how they reward you, how they worry about sustainability. So they give you UPS bags that you can actually mail back their pods so they're recycled. So that, and then at the end, they don't just sit there behind the counter and say, thank you for your business. They put everything into a nice branded bag, come around, hand you the bag, almost shake your hand. So it's the idea of that's, that's really store experience. That, that's a brand that's taught it's store associates how to make that consumer know that that is a brand that you want to stay engaged with. So that's a good one. And a little bit biased because I, I do have two double expresses every day. So <laughs> a little bit biased. On I mean, that. you're the same there then, that for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's actually funny. It became a, the espresso became a Sunday ritual in my family for a while just because of that. Exactly what you're saying is the experience. You're okay paying a buck or two more for the coffee just to go in there and actually have that experience. So absolutely with you. As you've uh, kind of worked with, again, different companies and as you advise companies, has there been uh, key takeaways that, you know, people, and you've said a lot of it, you know, be connected to, to, to the people, you know, start continue to build that brand following. But are there key takeaways uh, for retailers, what they can do right now in this time? Well, we talked a lot, a lot about it already. Right now, just staying visible is really the main strategy that you need to follow. And there's all kinds of ways to do it. I mean, one of one of the things that's exploded right now is things like Zoom, and Zoom is actually making it easier. I just saw a stat that they've reached 300 million. So one of the other great things that I've seen is, and this is an example for both retailers and solutions providers, is leverage this time, for example, to move forward roadmaps. or leverage this time to actually, if you're a retailer, figuring out what your, what your categories are going to look like, what's important to consumers. So take polls. And these digital tools are really great. I participated in actually a Zoom call where retailers were online providing direct feedback to a company on their product roadmap and sharing what they liked and what they didn't like. And this company invited both current users and potential future users. And it was really exciting to see how those potential future users were asking a lot of questions. And in a lot of ways, they're already making the products their own. And for me, it's the same for retail. Stay visible. And the digital tools today actually make that possible to actually have these what I call focus groups, remote focus group, to actually understand where your brand stands now and where you take, need to take your brand next. As you've been kind of working with different companies, are there technologies that you're kind of surprised are being adopted at a faster, faster rate? Well, I actually track this very, very closely. And there's a study that come out, comes out every year. The, the, the top three right now are location-based marketing, a, a single unified platform, and the Internet of Things. All those three make total sense because those are all designed to get closer to the consumer, to understand with the consumer. Those are the emerging technologies that the leaders are investing in. And the top five is also RFID and computer vision to understand what the consumer is doing to have a better track of where the inventory is. So those were the pre-COVID-19 top five. On that list, more towards the bottom are things like uh, conversational commerce and edge computing. To me, those become a lot more important 
because of COVID-19, because one of the things that I worry about, think about all the things that you touch every day, your ATM, your self-checkout terminals, your airport kiosk, all those kind of things. For the next year, everybody's going to be worried until we get to a vaccine, exactly what to touch, not to touch. How do you take some of those technology like conversational commerce or contactless retail and accelerate them? If you want to understand that, go to China. China has really been way ahead of everybody else in that space. They already have about 577 million people doing mobile pay. They actually even have face pay if you want to use facial recognition. They have all kinds of ways to actually engage. The largest single shopping holiday in the world is actually Singles Day in China. It's November 11th, <laughs> which is 1111. It's actually started as a college prank where uh, college students said, why should all the Valentines have all the fun? Let's create Singles Day. Alibaba spelled money. And they created Singles Day. And last year in 2019, they did $38 billion in 24 hours. And it was a one big retail immersive party. And digital played a key role in that. So really this crisis, what's my digital strategy? How do I, if I don't have one, how do I put one in place? If I have one, how do I accelerate it? What are your thoughts on what's kind of, and you say some of this stuff already, but What's your thought on like what's the biggest part that's going to shape retail? Maybe in the next like five years, right? Uh, you said a lot of the technologies, but is there any any one thing that if a smaller retailer only can do one or two things, is there any advice that you have for them of what to focus on? One of the things that I talk about is the mega trends that retail has gone through, and in my view, they've gone through three mega trends, uh, and it's really been driven by information technology, and whoever had the information in a lot of ways had the power. So prior to the 1950s, it was really the manufacturers. They had supply chains. They knew exactly what to ship to stores and so on. The 70s, it became really the um, the barcode came about, actually 1974. And you saw retailers like a Walmart being early adopter. They became a logistics company because they had all this data, what exactly what was selling. And they were now driving commerce and actually really telling manufacturer, here's what I'm going to stock as your shelf facing in my planogram. That all changed really in the 2010, 2007 with the smartphone. To me, the smartphone has totally transformed where retail goes next because it made it personal and it put the consumer in charge. So one of the key things that retailers need to remember that where we're at today, the consumer is in charge because in his hand, he has a mini, micro, whatever, a big computer that basically can decide whether to shop in your store, shop on your website, or while standing in your store, shop at a competitor. The consumer really has a tremendous power. So how do you engage that consumer and make them a, a brand ambassador? That's the most critical things that retailers have to figure out in the go forward is, is really transitioning and figuring out that brand, how to engage in a mobile space. Because to me, mobile is going to explode. 5G, which is going to start getting some traction, will actually accelerate what gets mold. Look at platforms like TikTok, all these kind of uh, visual platforms that are emerging with the phone at the core. Retail is no different. Retail is experience, it's entertainment, it's engagement, and really the center of it all for now is the smartphone. You've, of course, again, like we've talked about in the beginning of pages and pages of accolades, but what do you feel like over time of working with you know these different clients are there areas that you know over the last you know uh years that you've that you've seen that you're like 
oh, well, that that kind of changed the industry. And can we expect anything, any, any epiphanies kind of in the near future, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now? So I think the next one, and I'm still studying what it makes it as my fourth mega trend is voice. Does voice become a platform to actually take over for the mobile phone? Does it become, we just talk to the world? Because I, I do think one of the, the internet things is no longer hype. Everything is getting connected and everything gets connected. How do you communicate with it? And maybe the phone is just an old way of doing it at some point other ways of communicating with devices. So I do think voice has that possibility. And if you look at the growth of Alexa, the positioning of Alexa, you look at those types of devices, I do do think they have the potential to become devices ultimately. And then as you get down the road, the internet of things will create smart devices, such as a smart refrigerator that'll tell you what you're out of, may pre-order it. That's really the dream. Really, how do you get to almost a recurring revenue base, which I think that's possible in retail because of how you're connected. But that goes back, are you the brand that they're going to go to? And that goes back to creating a brand that everybody knows that if I need that thing, that is the brand I'm going to buy from. No, agreed, 100%. I think uh, the the two biggest pieces of advice throughout this uh, interview is know your customer and build an experience for that customer. So so very good. Any last words, uh, Tony? This is a wealth of information. Thank you. Any any last words that you'd like to share uh, with our listeners? Everybody thinks that this is going to kill retail. This is going to basically re. To me, it's going to read a rebirth of retail. It's actually going to. It's going to accelerate. Digital transformation is actually going to make it possible to add, have experience that you could not imagine. And retailers, I get that. I think it's a great time. I. Prior to COVID-19, it was going to be a $23, $30 billion business. $30 trillion by 2023 was going to be $30 trillion. I think that's still possible. It may get delayed a little bit, but it's still possible because if you think about it, everybody has to eat. Everybody typically has to wear clothes. Yeah. <laughs> so I do think retail will thrive. It's just it's going to be different. And preparing for that difference will create the winners of the future. Yeah, no, totally agree. Well, Tony, thanks again. Uh, Tony Donofrio, CEO of TD Insights, wealth of information. And after, you know, this COVID-19 stuff, I'd love to come uh, have a drink with you. Uh, you seem like a fun guy. <laughs> I would enjoy it tremendously. We'll have an espresso. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you again, Tony. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brick and Mortar Reborn. To find the resources mentioned in the show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com.